What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing absolutely well as we are officially into the autumn or fall season. And so, as you know, that brings a lot of super cool things with it. Temperatures get cooler. The holidays start showing up. Some might celebrate Halloween. We all kind of get into Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving for both Canada and the U.S. happened during this time frame, uh, along with other super cool things. And it gets us into the look for the end of the year. And I don't know how you felt, but 2020 has been such a mixed bag that uh, I know many are anxious to get out of 2020. But I'll just simply say, if you're going to get out of 2020, get out of 2020 with all the stuff you're supposed to have. Businesses that you're supposed to launch, uh, events that you're supposed to hopefully attend or be a part of. And I know that's a little bit different with the pandemic and the like, but don't leave the year without all the stuff you're supposed to get this year and without all the experiences that you're supposed to encounter. All right. With that said, thank you so much for your consistent support of us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Also want to shout out uh, everyone who subscribed to us by way of our podcast, and you can do that on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Make sure you rate us and leave a comment as well. Okay, time to dig into some wrestling news, and honestly, I kind of waited for a day or so because I wanted to get some of your thoughts and opinions and the like on some of the things that's been going on. Let's start with WWE Monday Night Raw, which has had a lot of people talking for a lot of reasons. So this week's show drew an average of 1.667 million viewers. That is down from last week's 1.689 million viewers. It's interesting because, of course, it's the go-home show for this Sunday's Clash of Champions pay-per-view, and it also went up against week two of the NFL's Monday Night Football that saw the New Orleans Saints against the rechristened Raiders, not in Oakland, not not in LA, but now in Las Vegas. So it's very, very interesting to see how all this has gone down. Now, remembering some of the content on Monday Night Raw as well, we saw a tag team match involving Andrade and Angel Garza defeating Dominic Mysterio, Umberto Carrillo, and the team of Rollins and Murphy to get a tag team championship match. Drew McIntyre against Keith Lee, Zelina Vega against Mickey James. We saw all of those things, but nobody's really talking about any of those things. People are talking about two specific things. Let's first start with Seth Rollins and how Seth Rollins uh, apparently did a DNA test. I hope you see my air quotes. A DNA test to uh, prove that perhaps one of the Mysterio children does not belong to Rey Mysterio. So, of course, they all thought it was Dominic, and then they really tried to insinuate that it was his daughter, Aaliyah. Let me just start by saying this. Taking a look at this and a few other things which I'm going to get to on Monday Night Raw speaks to the fact that Monday Night Raw is by no means the flagship show of WWE. And if it is, WWE is in big, big trouble. What happened to the juggernaut of Monday Night Raw? And I know I can hear Brandon Clack talking about the Attitude Era, the Attitude Era. Well, 
I'm going to go on record and say that the Attitude Era really wasn't all that great, certainly in terms of in-ring content. But what you did have in the Attitude Era was a certain hunger that all the wrestlers had. And those wrestlers had that hunger because, number one, they wanted opportunity. Number two, they were in the literal battle for their business lives and professional lives as WWE was heavily on the ropes. And if you'll notice, it was then when they were on the ropes that they started producing some of the best content they ever had when they were losing the Monday Night War. Ever since they won the Monday Night War, lost the competition, they actually really became very complacent. And then here's the other thing that happened. They have tried to create a formula for the organic. And I will tell you now that no matter what you do, you cannot create a formula for something that is organic. As much marketing as we love to do, you cannot properly uh, market a video such that it turns viral. Viral things happen because it's organic and because it's great content. And the wrestling business boomed because it was organic and there was great content. And the great content happened to be hungry wrestlers who wanted an opportunity. Let's remember Coming into the Attitude Era, and I don't know why I'm stuck here, but coming into the Attitude Era, they were not, they being WWE, the problem that they had was that they were not dealing with household names. The household names like Hogan and Savage and, you know, all the other folks had moved from WWE into WCW. Let's think about how they built WWE. They built it on the backs of building new stars. New stars like The Rock. New stars like Stone Cold Steve Austin. New stars like The Undertaker and Mankind and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and all of these folks. And then you get into the factions like the Nation of Domination and DX and you know some of the other ones that were out there. There were a lot of moving parts where everybody was hungry. Nowadays, things are different and there's a lot of moving parts to it. And one of the moving parts is that 20 years ago or now almost 25 years ago during the Attitude Era, you had a 50 something Vince McMahon who had his hand on the pulse of of the industry. And let's be honest, it took him a while for that to happen. Right. Like if we're honest, let's remember WCW was killing WWE because WWE was still stuck on what Vince McMahon's original vision was, which was this cartoon type of thing that was uh, pointed towards your uh, young crowd. They're not a crowd that's going to buy, and they were not a crowd that was really moving the needle for WWE. Uh, And so with that said, you look at the rehashing of a storyline for a Rey Mysterio, a paternity test. We've seen this before with Eddie Guerrero and certain things don't need to be repeated. Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, I believe a lot more than Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. And is it me? Or does the Seth Rollins Rey Mysterio feud feel like it's gone on way too long? We've seen some pretty ridiculous stuff in here. The eye for an eye match where his eye was apparently poked out. We've seen other people's eyes impacted by Seth Rollins. We've seen, and let's not even get into the whole Monday Night Messiah, disciples, no more disciples, AOP once being disciples and the pandemic comes and they're gone. Uh, Austin. 
lost in theory being a disciple and then uh, some things happen and he's gone and now he's back in NXT Murphy being a disciple but we don't know if he's really a disciple now or not the inconsistencies legit read like a CVS receipt it's long it's detailed and the more you think about it the more it bothers you and that's just one element that's not getting into the big element the element that we asked you guys about yesterday on social media that being the element of retribution what exactly does this retribution thing either mean or talk about or the like well Things kind of escalated Monday night in a way that none of us expected. We come on the air and we find out that Retribution has now been signed to WWE contracts. Only the five main ones and not the rest of the folks who keep showing up. We don't get names for these folks until the end of the show where they end up in their first match. And they've got names like Slapjack, names like Mace. Like, what the heck is going on here? Um, Again, the consistency. And we asked you guys what you thought of uh, Retribution's debut. And you guys have had a a wide variety of opinions. Um, One person said, who signed them? It's the dumbest pop or no pop that Mia Yim had on a mask like we didn't know it was her. Uh, He also felt like... And this, of course, is Mark Graham. He also felt like it should have been led by Wade Barrett. Our good friend Michael Dixon says, I hate the names, but I love the angles. And especially uh, when we know that they're coming from NXT. So the names are kind of weird. We had some love on Facebook about it, which many people feel like this is fading fast. Uh, You should be also aware that folks in the locker room have actually been laughing about this concept of retribution. Personally, I think it had potential to start off great, but it is dead in the water already. It feels like it's trying to be something that it's not. Okay, this is not the shield. This is not these are not disgruntled employees. I mean, let's look at it. Dominic Dijakovic had an amazing run in NXT, you know, and had some of his best matches ever with Keith Lee. You've got Mia Yim, who did incredibly well in NXT. Mercedes Martinez, her run wasn't as long as perhaps it should have been in NXT, and that's probably because they were going to move her up to this thing. The only person in that group so far who could have a legitimate gripe is Mace. That would be Dio Madden or Brennan Williams. And if you remember, and here's how the story should play out. Dio Madden used to be a commentator on Monday Night Raw. And he was let go and never to be seen again. Brought on Monday Night Raw. Used to be a wrestler at NXT. He disappeared. Then he just randomly starts showing up in NXT. And now he's part of Retribution. He has a story that could be told. He has the right to be bitter. These other folks, not so much. And why Retribution is not filled with folks who were released or furloughed during the pandemic seems like a huge miss for me. There's no real leader. This just this is just bad. 
And so I'm going to need WWE to hurry up and punt and do something different because this is going to be dead in the water and I'm tired of seeing NXT talent perform so well in NXT and get buried in WWE. Case in point, Keith Lee, who comes in to huge fanfare just after SummerSlam, folks. This hasn't been all that long. Just after SummerSlam, and look at this. All of his televised matches, he has only won one match. All of the other matches have ended in disqualification. And you tease a potential WWE title shot that doesn't look like it's going to happen now. What the heck is going on? This is not good. And so let me tell you something else that may make you wonder what's really going on over in WWE. Stephanie McMahon, who we know has held a significant position in WWE for quite some time as a chief brand officer, etc., etc. Well, yesterday, according to an SEC filing, she sold over 57,000 shares of Class A WWE common stock. The shares were valued at $39 a share. That comes out to $2.2 million that she just picked up from selling 57,000 shares of stock. Now, it should be noted that she still has 76,000 shares of stock remaining. So, I'm the math guy, so let me just help you this. She sold nearly half of her WWE stock yesterday. On top of that, she sold 11,000 shares of stock at $46 a share back in July. During that same time, Vince McMahon and Triple H also sold stock. And in August, Triple H sold 52,000 shares of stock, almost 53,000, for a total value of $2.4 million. So we got to ask ourselves, what's really happening in WWE when the heir apparents being Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are selling stock like water in the desert and then Vince McMahon is selling stock. There's a lot of money that these guys are making from it, but there's a bigger statement as well. And the bigger statement is what is really going on in WWE? Is it being sold? Why would they jump out in such a significant way and sell so much stock? I don't know, but I will tell you this. There's more to this story. And uh, as soon as we find out, we're going to bring it to you. All right. So forgive me because I certainly got tied up on all things WWE, but I've been waiting for a couple of days to share my thoughts on Retribution Monday Night Raw. And I'll tell you this. I think it's all connected. I think they're selling stock for a reason. WWE could end up being on sale and perhaps the McMahons get out of the business. Now, I'll just say this. The McMahons getting out of the WWE business, particularly Vince McMahon, could be the best thing that happens to WWE. What do you think? What do you think of these guys selling their stock? Vince, Triple H, Stephanie, selling their stock from WWE. Does it mean something or are they just cashing in on a few more million dollars? 
Let's get your thoughts on that by way of social media. Remember tonight, the Wednesday Night Wars continue. AEW Dynamite, NXT, and there was a late night edition of AEW Dynamite last night, which uh, we might get into all of the AEW Dynamite stuff tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. And I also want to hear what you'd like for us to discuss. We've got some cool things on the way. So hit us up via social media at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. One other thing I want you to be on the lookout for is I have an opportunity later this week to sit down and talk with a couple of stars from Southern Honor Wrestling as we prepare for the two-year anniversary of SHW, still here too. I'll be talking to the two members of the new era, David Ali and Owen Knight, in a special sit-down interview, and I'll be chatting with the SHW champion, Corey Hollis as he gets ready for his big title defense against Joe Black. So be on the lookout for those interviews on the Southern Honor Wrestling page. I'm excited to get the opportunity to talk to all three of those gentlemen, and uh, it should make for a very interesting conversation for sure. So be on the lookout for that. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. I my people, here we go.